Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the first ever FPL Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And I am also your host, but my name is not Kevin DeVries. It's Rob Langevin. On this podcast, we'll bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer and or football, depending on what you want to call it. Uh, on today's episode, we'll be discussing incoming Premier League players, price changes, who to start or sit, and the transfers we have made this week into our squads. Let's just jump straight into it with the news that Pedro, formerly of Barcelona, almost formerly of Manchester United, will be joining your beloved Chelsea. What do you think about the move? I love it. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, the, the one thing that everybody's questioning right now is, A, where is he going to play? And B, what's his price going to be? I mean, his price point is probably the most important thing right now for fantasy players because mm-hmm. they're looking at it from a perspective of, well, he's going to start over William or Oscar. It's most likely going to be William. Uh, and then is the price point going to be right for them to trans to transfer him in or add him as a, as a subtraction from like someone else that they are dead weight or comparable stat wise? That would be the biggest question on a fantasy person's mind right now. Yeah, for sure. Just looking at it at face value, I'm thinking like that 10.0 price point, kind of like a David Silva would make a lot of sense. I don't think they'd bring him in with kind of much ballyhoo and then not have him that high up in the price range. Like if he was at nine, I think he's a steal. I agree it's going to be really weird what it does for William and Oscar. Uh, if you had to give a start count, like right now, for Pedro, William, and Oscar, what do you think it would be? For the rest of the season, like counting counting starts? Yeah. Uh, I, think Pe- I think Pedro comes in right away. He's already in fitness. He just played. Yeah. And, you know, uh, <laughs> Very well, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's, it's probably going to be 36 to play. He, Pedro's probably going to get 30 starts. Yeah. He's probably going to get 30. And then what, Oscar and Willie in it? I think I think Oscar still remains in because <clears throat> I think Pedro can slide into the opposite wherever Hazard is not playing wing mm. and play off of Costa, and I think Oscar can play in like an offset forward position mm. beneath beneath Costa, and then you have Sesk and Modic behind them playing the half defensive half you know facilitator role. Yeah. You're not worried at all if you're an Oscar owner that William kind of slots in there as the number ten, which he's done every once in a while since the end of last year. Oh, I'd be wor- I'd be worried a little bit because I think Mourinho is probably going to see he's going to give him both the opportunity. He's not going to say, "All right, you know, you got the job until you suck." He's going to give them each an opportunity, and you know, the thing with Chelsea is right now, and I'll touch on it again a little bit later, is um, their games right now from a fan's perspective. I, I hate I hate every I'm a Chelsea supporter and anybody who's ever listened to me before I bleed blue I'm a big blue fan but right now for fantasy wise Chelsea guys are you know they're like that that guy in like 12 monkeys like I don't want to go anywhere near them. 
Yeah, no, that's that's really real. Um, I think it, the, an interesting proposition that this poses is is Victor Moses going back on loan, or is he going to move to another Premier League side? Because if you could get, if you could get him in for a you know substitutes price when he's about to be a starter and maybe have the impact he did at Stoke last year, um, I know Tottenham have been sniffing around. Um, I'm not really sure that's the ideal place for him, really. But like, if Southampton sold Mane to to Manchester United, maybe they'd bring him in. I think that would be a very good fit for him. And he's already used to wearing red and white stripes, so that'd be mm-hmm. fine as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think very it's true. a really interesting thing to watch. And uh, Quadrado done. Like, if anybody had any hope left in him, just drop him in pretty much any format. Yeah, even though he's got the greatest set of hair I've ever seen since <laughs> since Tito Jackson. <laughs> I don't know those Swansea strikers, man. Them and their oh. dreads. Yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, him, Adair, and Marvin Mness are rocking it, and Wilfried Boney's hair just now looks silly by comparison. Yeah, he looks like he actually—he actually looked like he got like he went from like yeah, I'm from the streets, and then I got a nine to five. That's what exactly yeah. what he looks. Like. <laughs> he, he he cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he mo- he moved to the, the he moved to the financial giants. The city are basically the Yankees of soccer anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wilfred Boney Jefferson. He's moving on up. <laughs> Love it. Um, a, a guy I want to talk about is Florian Tavan. He was much linked to Tottenham throughout the year. Didn't really like his attitude. Didn't really have the year people thought he would. Moving to Newcastle to replace Rami Sabea going the other way on loan. I spoke to Andrew Gibney briefly uh, earlier today, the, the France expert that's been on the EPL roundtable many times. Uh, and he thinks Sabella, 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 Cabella, however you want to say it, is the better player of the two. Um, that having been said, Tovan fits the formation much better. And can't be any less helpful than Gabby Oberton, who does have seven points in the FPL game. But that is not something you want to base your team off of. No. Um, I, my guess is probably going to be 7.0, 7.5 maybe. Kind of around where they put Jeannie Wijnaldum when he came in. Uh, and I, I think he'd be worth a look for that price. But I, I think he steps into that team immediately. Yeah, I think I think the price the price point you compared to with Wijnaldum is spot on. Uh, yeah, he's going to be... He'll fit. He'll fit in okay there. I think there'll be a, lear- a little bit of a learning curve, but to, to catch up with the, the the roughness of EP of of the EPL compared to where he plays in Marseille, where I think they play with with hankies and and you know ascots. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, another name that we had talked about a little bit before we started recording was uh, Enler. What do you make of him? You know, I think it's a it's a beautiful signing for Leicester. You know, he slides right into that veteran midfielding holding role. You know, his price point is probably going to be nice and tasty, but the only thing is he's not really a fantasy contributor in the FPL format. In other formats like the uh, like the draft format of, of Taga and, you know, your daily your daily sites is going to be a huge thing for him because he's a facilitator, but he doesn't go forward as much as a, a holding midfielder you would like to roster would do. But he's a veteran presence. Cambiasso, down the stretch last year, played excellent. You know, he probably was a you know a top five holding midfielder in the whole entire Premiership last year down the stretch. Uh, he could step right in there, and he's probably going to start every day. And, yeah, and, and Leicester have looked absolutely terrific uh, thus far this season. Um, I, I think some of the interesting uh, price changes have been those of both Mahrez and Mark Albrighton. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly think it might be a little too late to jump on the Mahrez train. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe now you're paying a little bit more than you'll get. It just based off of his career, unless he has just made a phenomenal leap, which is possible for a player of his age, I think he might be be getting caught up in hype when maybe the underlying stats don't support him being that good for the rest of the season. But they have looked absolutely devastating. I liked Mark Albrighton before the season, was just worried about the playing time. Ranieri came in, was even more worried, much like I was with Schlupp. 
but both of them seem to have won their jobs. Um, so I, I hopped on the Albrighton train this week. Yeah, I'm, I, I, we'll get into it a little bit later, uh, what transfers we made for the week. But I, I jumped on Mares before he jumped up again. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a complete buyer. I think his he's you get him at oh, like the five six. I got him at five six. Yeah, uh, he's now five seven. Uh, but I believe in it. You know, I think that the, the offense, the way it's set up, um, where they basically have um, forwards that are good but don't, you know, aren't going to wow you in the with the Okazakis and the Vardys. They're basically, you know, they're like the, the durable, you know, middle infielder. They can play all five positions, and they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to beat you. They're smart. They play the game that, they, that they're in the position to play. And I think Mares slides in perfectly right behind them. And Albrighton, who if I had more money and several other roster spots, I'd roster everybody that I would love. But Mark Albrighton is a great facilitator of the ball. He's a great distributor, and he's, he's a great set-piece taker and corner taker. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like him as well. Uh, a couple other price change options for me. I think uh, three players that have dropped that have a lot of value going forward, maybe not right now, but see if you can catch them kind of in that dip before they go back up. Jordi Classy for Southampton, I think, steps in the second he's fit to that Southampton team. It was absolutely boss in, in the Eredivisie last year, and think he'll do the same thing in the Premier League. Does kind of suffer from, hold, from holding midfield syndrome, <laughs> where they just don't kind of rack up the points you'd expect, but is a tremendous player. So if you're in those uh, formats where you kind of have those auxiliary and ancillary stats, I think Klessy is a great look. Um, Alexander Mitrovic, I think, wins that Newcastle job sooner rather than later. Um, just Cisse's just so unpredictable and inconsistent that he's going to have three or four bad matches in a row, and Mitrovic is going to be huge and daunting and do some really rude gesture that will get all Newcastle's fans' hearts in a flutter. And he'll get that, that start soon. And Cesc Fabregas dropping is fair, considering how, like you mentioned, Chelsea have just not been great either on the real pitch or in the fantasy formats. But the fact that he's dropped below 9.0 is nuts. And I, I think it would be a really good idea to get him in there before they start rebounding and punishing everyone that doubted them. Yeah, the guys I was looking at that uh, that dropped in price are, they're basically, there's a two guys from, from Bournemouth that I think that Bournemouth has just got off to a little staggeringly slow start. They just haven't got their legs underneath them. And that's Matt Ritchie, who's dropped one point. And then uh, Callum Wilson has also dropped one point. Yeah. I think that there's they're just... Both golf games that they started the season with, one was completely, I think they were just overwhelmed and bright-eyed and were like, wow, we're in the big lights. And the other game, they, they were against a, a dominant opponent and completely just got taken off their game. Uh, their upcoming schedule is is okay for fantasy. Uh, <clears throat> they're, they're at West Ham, and then they're, they're home versus Leicester in the next two. So there's actual fantasy, fantasy points there to, for these players to gain. And at the prices they're at, I mean, Wilson at 5'4", that's the bottom barrel for for strikers. So you know if you're if you're going up top with with the with an Aguero and a Benteke, you're going to need to save money somewhere else, and you're probably not going to start a third striker if you have those two. You're probably going to start five across the midfield as well anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're not really losing anything if you have him as not as your first sub on the bench, but possibly the second or even the third, and you know basically wait and hope that he, you know you hit a home run with your with your bench guys. Yeah. I think that's a decent play. If you had to take Wilson or Deeney for the rest of the year, Deeney, I think I think Watford is gonna is gonna be a better team once they hit into like set the end of September, mm -hmm. October range. I think they're just a better team. I think they have better better veterans that are gonna, uh, you know, play the EPL ball, not the not the championship ball. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Um, for players that I think you know, you need to get really fast. 
David Silva is so underrated in fantasy every year, and I don't understand how. For me, he's on that same must-own level as your guys like Alexis or Hazard. He's just going to contribute so much, and a lot of people will advise you against chasing assists, but with Silva, you aren't chasing assists. You're just getting them almost yeah. every week. I think that's that's a, a, an own at 10.0 that I think is, is pretty much a must-own. Also, uh, I hate that Joel Ward had to score a goal before people noticed how good he was. Um, uh, yeah. Joel Ward is an absolute baller, and at 4.5, I don't know how anybody could not have him in their team. And like we said about Mahrez, I think it might be too late, but 5.7 might still be a little low. I'm just worried that he might be cresting and he might be fit for a plummet. But but honestly, with Mahrez, he's already gone up two points in two weeks. Yeah. What do you think? If he continues, I'm not saying he's going to score double digits in, in you know five to six weeks consecutively and you know be that, oh my God, everybody has to roster him. Guy. Right. But where do you see him? If he consistently is getting goals, assists, you know, Lester's continue to win. He shows good. He gets bonus points. Where could you see him going since he started the season at 5.5? What do you think his maximum value for the end of the season could be if, if he continues? Yeah, like 6.5 probably. 6.5 or 7 for me. Yeah, I would say probably like 6.8 would probably be my cap because that's 13 good weeks and we've already had two. So that's 11, you know, 11 positives. Yeah, I, I think it's entirely possible he goes 10 and 10. It's just I think it might literally be 10 and 10. Fair enough. Which isn't a problem at all. Um, but, yeah. I, I, yeah, I might be a little harsh. Maybe maybe 6.0 is, is where my cutoff is. I think I'm a little more negative than you uh, yeah. on, on new players and stuff. I, I just I don't see Lester being able to do this all year. Um, like, right now, as a Spurs fan, I'm terrified of what yeah. Mahrez is going to do to us this weekend. But I'm not so much terrified about what he'll be doing in November. Um, I, I just think he'll taper off. But, yeah, probably up to 6 is where I'd be still willing to take that gamble. Yeah, the thing with Leicester is they're basically like the Toronto Blue Jays right now. I feel like they're going to score a lot, but I feel like if they score four, they'll let up. They'll let up two. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that for sure. And they they did that a lot last season as well, mm-hmm. uh, where they scored several goals, especially down that stretch, but still managed to get the win. Um, I don't have the stat in front of me. I really wish I had. I think it's twenty seven out of the last thirty three points they've they've won going back to last season. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, they they've just played ridiculous. They were. Balling down the stretch last oh, yeah. year, like since Chris, I think that since Chris, it was probably when when you were bringing up the stats, probably since Christmas, you know, since they were like in the bottom, they were in last place yeah. at Christmas, and they managed to first, knock it. I remember the stats like they were the first team to do it, coming from twentieth to safety since Sunderland. Yeah, and that was only the year before, and Sunderland were the first team to do it since Wigan, which was the year before, and then yeah. it had like never happened before that. <laughs> just, all these teams are just hanging on by a thread, but yeah, yeah. If I, they could all stop being racist, Lester would be in a really good position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. them! <laughs> right? How how are you gonna have three different race issues in the summer? It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even race that much in friggin' real life, and I don't even get I don't even get chased. There's less race issues in Mario Kart. Let's be real. Okay, Ooh. so. Um, we're going to move on to starting and sitting players. Uh, I did one from each position. Um, for me, I, you know what? We, we can talk about core players and stacking. I'm not a big DFS guy. I know you have background in that. For me, this week for Sunder, uh, this week for Swansea is just absolutely baller. Having Bafa Timbe Gomis, Andre Ayu, Jefferson Montero, and Gilfie Sigurdsson going up against the Sunderland side that shipped seven goals in two matches to Jamie Vardy and Mahrez, who we just mentioned, Cameron Jerome and Nathan Redmond, and these four are fully legit, as you'll know, having watched the Chelsea match, I'm sure. This is going to be a very, very lopsided score. I'm, I'm predicting this to be like 5-0 uh, 
Like, genuinely. I think Gomez and and AU and Sigurdsson and Montero are all must-owns this week. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I actually have IU as my starter of, for the week for, through the midfield. Yeah. Uh, if, listen, you know. If, Billy if you, Jones is not a real footballer. Let's be honest. I haven't seen a footballer so undone since the bail match against yeah. Mycon. It's been ridiculous how easily people can get past him. Yeah, he, he looked like uh, Sanchez in the, the Champions League when he just was nutmegging everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he was just like, oh, I'm just going to do it to you again. Thanks. <laughs> Tell your, mom, tell, your, tell your mom I'll be over at 7. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, Andre A.U. is going to have himself a freaking week. Not that he hasn't already. But, yeah. oh my gosh, that Sunderland team is just in shambles. And I thought they were going to be decent. And uh, the more you watch them, the more you're just like, how is this a football team no. that's in the no. Premier League? It's nuts. No, that, there's a guy in Sunderland right now playing the, the Titanic bit, like violin. Oh, no doubt. It's been a pleasure playing with you, gentlemen, but you're going down in 20th if things don't change fast. Yeah, they might have, like, the record low points. They're going to have, like, they're going to give up maybe 70 goals all year. Yeah. Uh, I will say on Sunderland, I still believe in Jermaine Lenz. I had a guy ask me 6.5 and under, which midfielder would you rather have for the next five weeks? And it's still Jermaine Lenz. He doesn't play a real right back until he faces Darmian, who has impressed so much that I'm putting him in that category. I think that's match week eight. Uh, I realize that everything at Sunderland is awful, but he's going to keep putting the ball into Defoe, who's going to put in one out of ten shots he takes, and he takes 20 a match, so that's pretty solid. And mm-hmm. Lenz is a pretty decent goal scorer himself. He can outpace anyone in the league. I, I still think he's worth a note. Oh, I, I completely agree. And the thing that people aren't realizing with Lenz, because, I mean, other people play other formats, like the DFS and, and the, the draft format. Uh, you know, Last week, Jermaine Lenz had a, had a so-so game for F, you know EPL. And in other formats, he had twelve and a half points. Yeah, I think he had fifteen in Targa or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And other, and I think it was I think in D, in DFS he had twelve. So yeah. I mean, and that's in a rough the, game where they got absolutely abused by Norwich. Yeah. So I mean, basically, you're taking the you know the smartest guy in special ed right there. But it it's it's an okay thing because if you're play, no matter what format you're playing in, either you're hoping for you know a, a return in FPL or if you're drafting him. Where nobody else is going to own him because nobody's going to own Sunderland players in a daily fan daily site. Yeah, you know you're going to. It's like a whole round. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, another player I think to look at is <laughs> you, I, this might surprise you, Branislav Ivanovic, who has looked a shadow of himself. But there is absolutely nothing about this West Bromwich Albion <clears throat> team that scares me. Berahino won't be starting because whether or not he's already moved to Tottenham, it's going to be that classic sit when they're in the middle of negotiations. <laughs> Or you can't play him. Solomon Rondon is yet to play in the Premier League. I think he has the body for it. I think he's a decent own as soon as we know that Barahino's gone. Um, but right now, I'm not terrified about anything West Brom are doing. And I think Chelsea have a great chance at the clean sheet. And there's no reason to think that they'll be able to pin Ivanovic back in his own half. I think he'll really be able to bomb forward and do some damage in a Chelsea team that's obviously out for revenge. Yeah, I, I wish I could. I, like I said before, I'm complete. If anybody's listened to this, maybe the four of you, you're all sitting in a circle. Just avoid all Chelsea players until, <laughs> af- until after the international break in September. That's, yeah. that's all I'm telling you. Is take all your shares in, in you know, Fabregas, even Hazard. I know, I know everybody still owns him. He's probably, I haven't, I don't have the numbers in front of me of his, of his own rate for midfielders, but he's probably in the top three. Yeah. Take all that, take all that money. That's 20, that's $20 million right there. Go get yourself a David Silva. Go get yourself a Yaya Torre. Yeah. Go get yourself a Dimitri Payet. Ooh, I guarantee. Yeah, great one. I guarantee they're going to outscore them by double, double yeah. for the next three games. Chelsea is going to be all up and 
sevens and sixes and backwards and they're just completely avoidable right now fantasy wise for me because there's such a a, a a sharp investment on your your dollar yeah. and what have you got so far what does fabregas have he's got what two points yeah i think hazard has four yeah oh no three because he got the yellow card at the very uh, tail end of that last match there That's you go absolutely nuts yeah so i mean is it worth the wild card to get them all out because i'm sure many people have two or three yeah i mean th- what are you gonna do yeah it's super tough Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, who, who, who are your kind of buys and sells? Well, all my, I actually have it on my notes here. All my sits are all Chelsea players. That's what it says. Every Chelsea player. <laughs> uh, some of the other buys I have for this week are uh, Nathan Redman. They take on Nor- – he plays for Norwich. Decent price. Vet great return so far. Yeah. A, a lot of rumors that he might be on his way out, which I think actually increases his value. Oh, completely. For a 5.5 midfielder who's who's basically got 17 points, a lot of them came at the the you know off of Sunderland. But you know, he's, if he gets transferred again, he's going to play Sunderland probably three three more times <laughs> instead of two. Yeah, don't hate uh, that. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Bafatomi Gomes is definitely a start. Oh. Start all Swans this week. I don't care Have if you live near a, a lake, a lake, pond, river. You you start all your Swans this week. You know. John Joe Shelby is your captain this week. <laughs> Even though he looks like Dr. Evil. Or Voldemort. Care. Pick your yeah. reference. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, Sunderland is just a, a, a rudderless ship right now, and it's, read by, it's led by Dick Advocate. <laughs> I know you love that joke, but we're going uh, <laughs> to move swiftly along. Uh, any people that you're intentionally selling other than just Chelsea people this week? Um. I'm kind of tentatively avoiding Arsenal Liverpool. If if you have a fringy guy for either team that you're like, uh, you know, I could start, you know, Cazorla, or I could start, you know, Henderson, who's actually have is a little dinged up, so he might not play this week. Mm. I might lean I might lean on the, the, the side of error and go for, you know, a long shot rather than a game that is gonna be a tough buck game because th- those clubs are not friendly at all. They don't like each other too much. Yeah. Um, uh, one other just kind of cheeky option for me, Jason Punchin. Um, everybody is so distracted by all the other big names, both in real life on the pitch. Defenses are much more worried about Balassi and Zaha and now Connor Wickham and Johan Kabai. And, you know, that all those options are great. But Jason Punchin is still the one taking most of the dead balls. He's still the one that's getting the most space because nobody's marking him. I think he's a really underrated play. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Great, great call. I, he... If you watched any of the game last week, he's basically the, he's the one the, dictating everything. He's 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 like Magic Johnson for Crystal Palace. He's basically taking the ball from midfield to the to the eighteen, and then and nobody if, cares. If, they yeah, just let him just, do it. Just go ahead, go ahead. You know, you're not going to beat us. <laughs> yeah, if you're in, if you're in leagues where you count dribbles and guys taking on. Oh my he, gosh, it's nuts. Yeah, he probably he was probably a twenty point guy last week. Yeah, he was. And and in uh, kind of weird news, uh, fun stat on uh, Johan Kabai. 
out of all players in the Premier League, this is again in, in formats where you're getting defensive stats as well, uh, he's first of all players in interceptions and seventh in tackles. All players. That's yeah. nuts. At some point, he's going to start creating and going forward, and then people need to start getting scared. Yeah, well, because they're going to start committing a, uh, you know, they're going to have to, the teams are going to have to bypass using, they're like, all right, we can't stop both, you know, Balassi, Zaha, the like on the wings. We're going to have to start playing forward, and then they're going to start countering that with him pushing up further and further up the field, and they're just going to run the, they're just going to run the ball. They're like sprinters. They have sprinters, and they, like, he's like Joe Montana. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of, not to make this all about Tottenham, but I'm about to. Um, the old Tottenham team with uh, Parker, Modric, and Vondervaart up the middle with Bale and Lennon on the wings. Mm-hmm. Where you just have all the athleticism and pace on the side and all the technique up the middle. It's, yeah. it's kind of what they're starting to look like. Um, and James McArthur, I don't know if he's going to keep his spot very long, but he has two assists in two games. And that kind of falls under that it, they're ignoring him category because he's like the fifth most concerning person in that front five. Yeah. <laughs> But Zaha at 5.5, I think, is a great value as well. I'm, I'm loving on Crystal Palace right now. Yeah, um, I did, the thing about Zaha is I, I don't know. Once Balassi start gets in full 90 shape, I don't know. I, it's going to be like a battle of who plays better. And yeah. But Zaha's 5.5. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm willing oh, totally, to try it. Totally. And I think he could still have more counting stats than Balassi this season. Balassi had, had a little bit of luck last year on his side. I, I don't know if he's going to be as much better as Zaha than he's priced. Yeah, he's he's a complete he's a dribbling machine that gets by on a little bit of a luck and flash, but but he's another guy who actually dropped who's at six point four now. Ah, that's that's a very interesting point. I must have missed that in my notes and stuff. But yeah, I, I think both of them are probably of value. Um, just in case anybody is wondering, my thoughts as a Tottenham fan, which you're not, on the thoughts of Berhino and Balassi and Clinton and G, uh, not ownable day one at all. Um, Maybe, maybe in G if we start him on the right over Lamela slash Dembele. Um, but I don't think any of them step into the day one squad, which is a problem both for our transfer strategy and for your fantasy teams. Yeah, I agree. Tottenham's awful. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we know it. All right, so now we're going to move on to transfers this week. Um, for me, I brought in Alex McCarthy for Casper Schmeichel. Got that point five in the bank. Um... I just think McCarthy has looked very good in net for Crystal Palace. I don't, I don't see. With Spironi being out another two or three weeks, I think by the time he's fit, McCarthy will already have won the job. He's younger. It's probably who management wants to win the job, and he's done nothing to not earn it. So I think that's very well money very well spent. Uh, a couple other speculative things, like I said. Um, I think it's really interesting bringing out in Mark Albrighton at 5.1. I'd probably just as hesitant as I was with uh, Mahrez, I'm thinking 5.5 is probably the cap on when you might want to slow down on your buying roll. And as soon as Berahino is out the door, like literally the second he's out, pick up Solomon Rondon because he is a baller. Uh, and I think he'll do very well in the Premier League. Kind of that strength, size, pace, finishing combo that a lot of people are looking for. Yeah. You don't like Giuliani Speroni? I, uh, I, I, I Peroni is a very weak beer. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> I completely Italianize his first name too. Giuliani. <laughs> Giuliani Speroni. Uh, we gotta do it. You go all. You go. You got You gotta go 110. Yeah. percent yeah. yeah. Love of the game. Uh, unlike you, I didn't have the luxury to just do one transfer this week. My team was, you know, a dumpster fire. Uh, everything I thought would have happened the first two weeks didn't. It was yeah. basically, you know, oh my cat's just fat and it had 14 kittens. Uh, but none of the kittens could could do anything fantasy wise. 
as kittens often don't. Yeah. So basically, I basically have changed my entire entire team. I've traded out nine total guys and brought in not and brought in nine new players. So my team now, and this is the big unveiling because I haven't even told my co-host what I brought in. Okay, my team right oh, now. Oh, is this a joint team? No, it's my team right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> I haven't just didn't tell you what I did because I I brought in a whole bunch of guys. Okay. So in the defense, I left my goalies. I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with Casper Schmeichel there. I know he's gonna give up goals. They're not gonna get very many cleans, but they Lester is like a shooting gallery, he's gonna make saves, etc. So I'm just banking that he's gonna have bonus points. Okay. So the new the nine guys that I brought in this week on defense, I brought in Kolarov, mm. Darmian, yep. and Cedric. Yeah. Cedric has looked phenomenal. For a, for a little guy, he is one tough SOB. He yeah. is a tough little guy. He was battling guys like six or six or eight inches bigger than him and, and give, giving himself good marks in my book. Yeah. Liverpool for, fans are all over both the EPL roundtable feed and all of Twitter, so I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. But does it feel to you a little bit like maybe they've strengthened in a position where everybody thought they weakened? Like losing, losing Klein and bringing in Cedric. I'm just saying it could happen again, just like it did last year. Uh, Klein hasn't Klein hasn't done a horrible job doing what he's been doing. I mean, he's, he's not. basically he hasn't. He, he's basically a no nonsense, you know, outside guy. You yeah. know, he he doesn't let anybody get behind him. He'll push forward a little bit to make the to make the midfielder stay honest on the other on his on his side, and he he doesn't commit stupid fouls. That's one thing about Klein. He, he's not. He's Which not Liverpool stupid. desperately needed at least one person that isn't going to do stupid mm-hmm. things. He's not a stupid. He's not a stupid wing uh, defender. You know. No. Okay. Then the midfield. Like I said, I did nine changes. So I brought in Yaya Torre, mm-hmm. uh, Dimitri Payet, um, Mares before the before the price change, and then I brought in Johan Kabai. Yeah. Okay. That was to go with. I kept one midfielder on my entire team. I kept in Coutinho. So I had yeah. Coutinho, Yaya Torre, Payet, Mares, Kabai across the mid- That's midfield. That's a tremendous midfield. Yeah. So, and and I changed all three of my forwards. Oh, which which midfielder did you drop to do that? Hazard or Sanchez? Uh, ha- I did. I dropped. I dropped Hazard and Hazard. I dropped Hazard. Yeah. With my, my big. <laughs> that price gave guy. you enough fee for all yeah. of them. Yeah. Basically. Sorry, I needed to sip a beer for a second because this is making me drink. It's traumatic. <laughs> yeah. And then for the forwards, I brought in completely – I crashed everything I had. I had uh, Rooney. Um, what else did I have? Benteke. Everybody had that duo. I, I didn't actually have Benteke. I had – oh, I had Pella because I thought Southampton was going to do something the first two weeks. Ooh. <laughs> Whoops. Stupid. And then I had Deeney. Okay. I was just having a third, the third cheap forward and mm-hmm. – I'd rather upgrade through the midfield where guys are going to score than worry about a Watford, you know, team getting one goal a game. Yeah. So who do you have so, in front now? So I have Sergio Aguero. Yep. I have Bafatimi Gomes. Oh. And Benteke as my three forward. That's so baller. <laughs> um, in case, you know what, for first time listeners of this, I haven't really talked about it on the roundtable much. Sorry, the EPL roundtable. Now I need to specify and stuff. Um, I am so huge on Buffett Timbi Gomez. I have a copy of FIFA 17 on the line on the EPL roundtable. And all of the play talk of mock drafts and real drafts I took him, everybody laughed at me. I'm telling you, he's going to have a 15-goal season this year. Get him in your team. It's going to happen. I promise. I slightly laughed at you when you said it at the ranking summit. Yeah. But but you remember what I said about Andre Ayew there? Oh, I yeah. Said he was, he's I said he was going to leave. Yeah. I said he was going to lead Swansea in goals. Which still might happen. He might have 16, but that doesn't mean Bafi isn't getting 15. And we're going to see that crazy Tiger-Jaguar 
creepy thing like 20 more times. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I would see it a hundred more times. It's like it's like watching Napoleon Dynamite dance, dude. It's like awesome. it's, it's tremendous. It's it's train wreck inspiring. <laughs> All right. So, anything else you want to bring up in the tail end of this? Uh, so what are you drinking today, Kevin? Oh, I'm going with the classic Hofbräuhaus House Lager. Uh, up in Cincinnati, they have the Hofbräuhaus House where they brew their own beer there and stuff. And so you you can get some bottles of it. And I'm longing for for a Cincinnati where I did my undergrad. So. Uh, nice. Sipping on that at the moment. What what you having? I'm drinking some Pennsylvania Best, known as Rolling Rock. Nice. I you know I'm a little disappointed. It isn't it isn't Iron City? Well, um, but I, you know I, I didn't go that far west. I just went to Rolling Rock. Nice and ice cold. Yeah. Get it. Rolling Rock is one of those beers. I know it's I know it's a, like a cheap beer, and everybody's gonna be like, oh, I like my microbrew with pineapple and grapefruit. And, you know, yeah. good good for you. Yeah, but and you, know you want what? seven million hops in your beer. That's awesome. Yeah, and you want to gain four hundred pounds because those beers have nothing but calories. <laughs> That's but true. Rolling Rock is very understated beer. If you get it nice and cold, where you get ice chips just on the top to form, yep. you're gonna you're gonna end up drinking the thing in four sips, literally yeah. four sips. Also, everybody at home, in case you've ever tried freezing a glass and are wondering why it doesn't get frost, you gotta pour a little water in it first, then pour the water out. Lets you get those nice ice crystals in there, keeps everything nice and frosty. Hold on. Beer 101. You said put water on it. For I'm writing this down. Put water on in it. In the glass. So you just pour water <laughs> in the glass. Then you empty it. You know there's still water left. It doesn't all dump out. And you just throw that in the freezer. Get a little on the outside as well. And you get it nice and frosty. So good. So good. Right, Especially on. for a beer like that where there isn't much to it. I had, sharpen my quill. I had to sharpen my quill. You got to write that down. <laughs> Dip it water, in ink. water in glass. Yep. Not while the beer's in there. It might taste the same, but don't do that. Dump gl- <laughs> <dump> glass. <laughs> Please yeah. enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if we're going to do this. We joked about it. Maybe it's going to be a real thing. Drink of the week while we do this, and then maybe we'll start it at the beginning of the show so y'all can drink with us. Uh, yeah, which you'll every- probably need to do if your fantasy team has looked anything like mine. Much like you, I had a lot of problems. I just haven't decided yeah. to set fire to my dumpster yet. Yeah, um, my- I still have Rooney and Hazard in there, and I'm not feeling super comfortable about that. That is a lot of money yeah. on two players that have done. <laughs> I mean, but when, when are you, why are you pulling the. Pulling the cord on, on Rooney. This week. If, if he doesn't do anything this week, he has a really good uh, scoring record against Newcastle. I'm pretty confident in that matchup. And if he doesn't do it now, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely cutting and running. Maybe bringing in Lukaku, who I really rate. Um, cool. it, it looks like Everton are on the full way back. And if they are, both Barkley and Lukaku are going to be like 90% of it combined. So at, at some point, though, I hear the same thing about Rooney every week. Because was I heard the same thing last week, that he's a good scorer against Aston Villa. He's a good he's scorer against Newcastle. I just think he's got 185 career goals. He's yeah. got at least 10 if you divide that. <laughs> 10 for everybody. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good point. It is. I mean, um, that's like saying, oh, Pele's not, Pele's not a good player against this guy because he's only scored 41 goals. <laughs> you know, I mean, at, at some point he's got to give you a return. I mean, I dumped him this week, so I, that's why I'm, I'm just busting your balls a little bit. But <laughs> – you know, at some point, you're going to not believe everything. He's like, oh, he's got a good record against me. Because I heard that last week, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep him for one more game. And I got yeah. I got bamboozled because I would have went to Benteke last, this week, the Ooh. previous week. Who who should have had two, by the way. Yeah. The yeah. chance off the ground, if he catches that cleanly, it's easily yeah. a second goal. Yeah. I mean, the, the one could have been offside, too. Bah, we don't talk about that. On <laughs> a Coutinho. But rules are rules. Rules. Or they are. Legal, illegal. <laughs> yep. The referees, you know, we're not going to get into that on that podcast. If you want to talk, hear us talk about 
how horrible referees can be. Listen to the EPL roundtable almost every other week. We don't want to talk about it, but they kind of force our hand. Yeah. <laughs> and it, hey, if anybody listens to this has any ideas, you know, you could reach me at on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L O O G Y. Give me a question or something you want to talk about on the on the show. You know, you know, just even just t- hit me up and tell me what kind of beer you were drinking. Yeah. Definitely. We're always looking for new beer options as well as advice on what we can do better. And if any questions you would like us to answer, I'm on Twitter at Kevrov, K-E-V-R-O-V. This will be coming to you through your EPL roundtable stream um, until we are able to separate those, which we may or may not, kind of depending on kind of some tactical businessy crap. (laughs) But in the interim, as as we mentioned, this is the first episode. So if you like it, be sure to follow us on uh, iTunes, which is EPL roundtable or on Twitter at EPL Roundtable. Uh, and you can email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com and just put fantasy in the header. And the best thing is, we're going to be here every single week. It's true. Gonna Whether you like Wednesdays, it or not. Put it out Thursdays. So if you want your questions in, be sure to get them in by Wednesday. And, and then we'll, we'll do our best to answer them. Yep. And if you don't reach me on Twitter, I'm also on Rasball.com, soccer.rasball.com. Interesting yep. posts with a nice sense of humor. You'll all like it. Yeah, and if you want to hear humorless stuff, you can uh, see my writing over on blog.playtalker.com where I preview Tottenham, Crystal Palace, and Sunderland each week. I'll give you a hint. The first two of those are much better than the last one. Uh, <laughs> it's like a- the, are you like the NPR of fantasy blogging? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then I'm also on the eaglesbeak.com uh, where I do a price-by-price price article, which I didn't really think out uh, as we have all of these sub-segments of 4.6, 4.7, instead of just the classic point fives. Uh, so that's going to get very extensive unless I find a way to retool that. And uh, <laughs> be sure to follow everybody over at EPL Index and all their writers and all their stuff. It's all good. Uh, and so anyway, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. Can't wait to do it again. You have a good time? Absolutely. I had a great time. I can't wait to do it again. You know what? Let's stop. We'll start over. We'll do next week's com- tomorrow. All right, but we might get some of the prices wrong, but don't worry about it. We'll be back with beer and more fantasy advice. Stay tuned. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.